Once again, today we have this pretty famous passage of Matthew's gospel, and often it's used to, to justify the, well, the right that we have, and not only the right, the, the necessary duty we have to pay taxes, which, which is true, but we know that Jesus is not going to really spend that much time talking about paying taxes or not. There must be a deeper meaning to this, this parable. We could even say this, this riddle. So today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it and see what exactly is, is Jesus trying to convey here and how does that really affect us. So always it's poor to look at the context. Here are the Pharisees and what are they trying to do? They're trying to entrap Jesus in, in, in speech, to give him the question that no matter how he answers, well, it's going to be the, the wrong answer, at least for one side. Let's use a very silly example to start. It would be, be a good question you could ask this person, actually, but you'd entrap him. Let's say you went to Archbishop Hebda. You said, Archbishop, he's from Pittsburgh, by the way. You said, Archbishop, I have a question for you. What city is better, St. Paul or Minneapolis? Or what side of the river is better to live on, St. Paul or Minneapolis? Now, you know I'm probably going to answer that question, being a St. Paul boy, but I'll let you know, over the years, it's, it's, it's aired a little bit more into the Minneapolis side, but Archbishop couldn't answer that question. Why? Because he's going to offend either the St. Paulites or the Minneapolites, or whatever you want to call the western and the eastern suburbs. We get that, right? Now, for this question to Jesus, we know it's a lot more serious. Because the way that Jesus answers his question, he's going to be entrapped. Either way, they try to do this. So the Pharisees send their little minions to ask him this question. And sure enough, they try to give him some of those affirmative, oh, you're so great, you're so smart, teacher, you're this, you're this. It's always a great trick, right? Someone starts a conversation with that way, by the way, you go, <laughs> what's the question? And so they get to this main question. Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Now, if Jesus were to say straight up, yes, it's lawful, then he'd be known as a Roman sympathizer. That he's saying it's, it's fine that the Romans have taken over this area, and the Roman Empire is coming in, and so the Jewish people would accuse him of being a Roman sympathizer. If he were to say no, then they would have said, well, now you want a rebellion against the Roman Empire. It's a lose-lose situation. But you see, their fatal flaw was they tried to entrap who? God. That's never a wise idea. We can't entrap God. He's a little smarter than we are. More than a little smarter, by the way. And so he answers in a most beautiful and brilliant way. He asks this question. Show me the coin that pays the census tax. So they hand him this, this denarius. They hand him this, this Roman coin. And the next question is very important. Whose image is this and whose inscription? And they replied, Caesar's. Let's take a little deeper look at that coin. So yes, on that coin would be the image of who? Well, at that time, it would be the image of Caesar Augustus Tiberius. We think of coins now like, okay, this is But back then, it would be the, the image of the emperor of Rome, and that's Caesar Augustus Tiberius. But there's also an inscription. It says his name, but it also says this, son of the divine Augustus. Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of of the divine Augustus. So he is saying, Tiberius, Caesar, Augustus, Tiberius, is saying what? That he is the son of God. 
So right now we go, ho, ho, ho. One son of God, Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus is trying to, to show them, that we know that this Roman coin, if we actually believe that this person is the son of God, means that now we're not a monotheistic people. We're not just believing in one God, but many different gods. And of course, this was something of the Roman Empire. But that's not it. Jesus also says to them, what? He says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. He says, give that coin back to Caesar. It has his image on it, that's fine. That means nothing to us. That's a worldly thing. But give to God what belongs to God. And what belongs to God, by the way, is not a coin. It's us. You see, when we are baptized, what happens that indelible mark is placed on our soul that now we are marked for God, that we are his people, that we are part of his empire, if we want to go down that line of thinking. And so Jesus says simply, give your money to Caesar, but give your life to God. This is so important to remember and I know it's something I've preached on over and over and over again. But we are not living for this world alone. We're not. Because this world comes to an end. We live for that eternal life. That eternal kingdom. And this is what Jesus is saying and answering this riddle. Give to Caesar. Give to the world that belongs to the world. A gift to God belongs to God. And what belongs to God is ourself. Who are we living for? How do we live our life? Is it for worldly goods, worldly gods, or is it for the eternal God who has truly chosen us to be his people, who has imprinted himself on us? I want to read a quote from uh, St. Lawrence of Brindisi, from the early 17th century, but I think it's so beautiful. This is what he says about this passage. To each, he says, must be given what belongs to him. This surely is a judgment full of heavenly wisdom and instruction. For it teaches that authority is twofold, having an earthly and human aspect and a heavenly and divine aspect. It teaches that we owe a twofold duty of obedience to human laws and to the law of God. The coin bearing Caesar's likeness and inscription must be given to Caesar. And the one stamped with the divine image and likeness must be given to God. I'm repeat that line. The one stamped with the divine image and likeness must be given to God. Who has been stamped with the divine image and likeness? We have. And we must be given to God. St. Lawrence continues, We bear the imprint of your glorious face, O Lord. We are made in the image and likeness of God. So you, O Christian, because you are a human being, are God's tribute money, a little coin bearing the image and likeness of the divine emperor. That we give our life to God as a sacrificial offering, laying down our life to the service of him. Once again, he, even St. Lawrence says, we are a little coin 
bearing the image and likeness of the divine emperor. Do you know what happened to that coin of Caesar Augustus Tiberius? Eventually, it was worth nothing. It couldn't be part of the currency anymore. A new emperor came and a new emperor went over and over and over again. But our coin, us giving our life to God, his tribute money, has no end. How beautiful that is. And so we give to God, belongs to God. And in doing so, he gives us what? A kingdom that has no end. <laughs>